welcome to this week's episode. I'm Countess Retro. And I'm Jiffa. And together we make up... A A couple couple of retrogrades. So this week we are going to be talking about Lego sets. Way! Everybody's favourite subject, I'm sure. We will start off with a few facts about Lego sets and then we will delve into the ones that we like the most, maybe the ones we had during childhood and the types that we would like to see made and the ones that we have seen that we think are awful. And wish hadn't been made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Lego itself was created by a man called Old Kirk Christiansen. And it was first launched in 1949 under the name of Automatic Binding Bricks. It's even before our time. It is, yes, and we're ancient. But I think the name Automatic Binding Bricks is maybe not as catchy. No, not really. But the name Lego itself originates from Leggot, which means play well in Danish. But it also loosely translates to I put together or assemble in Latin. So there we go. Very interesting. Yes, exactly. A very, very interesting subject there. In 1978, that patent actually expired in the United States. And this led to an open market, really. So there were competitors popping up everywhere. Hence the reason why we have the beautiful M38 and the absolutely gorgeous Mega Blocks. Don't forget Wilco Blocks. And Wilco Blocks. If you're from a different country you don't have Wilco it is absolutely bloody hideous it is shit and I would suggest having a look at that on the internet just to see what we mean however the first competitor the major competitor for Lego was a brand called Tyco Superblocks and that was uh, pretty prominent in 1984 I've never heard of that. Uh, yeah, so apparently it was one of Lego's major competitors then. But we move on to the Legoland parks. Now, we have actually been to a Legoland. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. It is, yeah. The one we went to was actually Windsor, which is in the UK. It was absolutely massive. Actually, to begin with, when we walked into the park, it didn't seem very big at all. There was just a shop and things like that yeah, and we a thought, cafe. Oh. Yeah, we thought, is this it? But then we didn't realise there was actually a small train that you could get, which um, took you down a hill, and there was just a huge park. And it had all the uh, Heart Lake Mall, didn't it, from uh, friend, Lego Friends. Which is your favourite, not mine. <laughs> And it also had, I believe, a Ninjago world and other yeah. themed parts of it as well. Didn't you have your picture taken with the giant Stephanie from Friends doll thing outside the Heart Lake thing? I shop? think I did. I don't know where that photo ended up, though. You know, it's possibly floating around on the internet somewhere, you know. For... Yeah. <laughs> but the first Legoland itself was actually opened in 1968 in Billund in Denmark. Oh. So I don't know what back then it would have looked like presumably quite full of classic lego which obviously we have found from putting some of that together that it is very very difficult to follow all the manuals so god knows how they put that together it's basically a book you open it and it says put this together yeah yeah that's it it says put it together how you wish and hope for the best yeah which is how i live my life basically <laughs> But we will talk a bit about some of the Lego sets that are available. Some of the best, worst, most expensive, rarest, that kind of thing. 
So we'll start with the most expensive Lego sets that are out there to buy. Hmm. Yes. Wonder what that might be. And may the fourth be with you. Oh yes. It happens to be Star Wars sets. One of them is the uh, 75313 at at set, and the other one is a 75192 Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon, and they both retail apparently at around about $699.99. And that's, wow. that's UK pounds, though. Can I just point out, I've said in podcasts before that I'd never seen Star Wars, but last night I watched the f- episode one. The Phantom Menace, yeah, yeah. and I'm watching them in order, and so far I'm not impressed, but apparently the first episode is crap anyway. Yes, we decided, uh, because you were a complete novice to Star Wars, that you needed to watch them, so we are watching them in the order of the episodes rather than the order that they were released at the cinema, because obviously uh, 4, 5 and 6 were released first. But we are going to watch them so that you yeah. understand the story a bit better. And I have got a sneaking suspicion that that Anakin boy is a bit of a naughty one. Yes, I think there's possibly something about him. But Jar Jar Binks. Oh, my God. Um, I think, to be fair, he's quite a redundant character. I think, you know, he didn't really need to be in it and they could have had something way better. But anyway, this episode isn't about Star Wars. No. It is about Lego sets. So the Lego set with the most pieces is the 31203 art world map and it has 11,695 pieces that is a lot of lego it is a lot of lego and apparently it takes ages to put together but the manual itself is actually 159 pages long which uh, is a very very long manual more in piece of lego yes i think it is However, the hardest to build is actually the Lego Titanic, which I know you really like, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and that's set 10294 for anyone who's interested. I'd have to sell a kidney to buy it. Yes, I think so. It is absolutely massive, though, as well, and I don't know where, to be honest with you, you'd probably put that in the house. The rarest, though, and hardest to get Lego set is actually a first edition Millennium Falcon, which Mm -hmm. is no surprise, really, I think. Well, we did have um, a Millennium Falcon before, do you remember? We did have a Millennium Falcon, but it wasn't quite the original Ultimate Collector's set, was it? It wasn't even Lego, we found (laughs) out. Yeah, it was actually called Star Wart. It was absolutely hideous. It was it? so shit. Yeah. Someone you knew actually offered to put that together for us. Yeah. And there were bits missing and there were bits that didn't fit together. It was just so badly made. It was cobbled together. It was not very nice. I mean, this friend still wakes up screaming. Yes. It, yeah, in the she's night. very traumatised by the whole you know, episode. <laughs> Pun intended. But despite those absolutely awful, hideous knockoffs that you can get, the actually most hated Lego theme itself was apparently called The Life of George. Now, I'd never heard of no, this before. Either. But it was launched in 2011. Apparently, the whole point of it was that you create a 2D model and then you scan it with the Life of George app on your phone. It is actually a game. It has 12 levels. You can play it on novice or expert. And I just kind of didn't see the point in it really when I found that one. No, it sounds a bit strange. It sounds like Pokemon Go, but for people who, you know, have a very limited attention span and can only do 12 levels. 
But the worst Lego set, I think, I mean, I don't know about you and what you think is the worst looking Lego set, but I found a set called Mr. Bunny and it's 10071 and it is an extremely hideous set, very, very ugly and it has two round teeth that slot in to where its mouth should be and it just looks like it has kind of huge abscesses or something. It is not it's a very a nice... stuff of nightmares. It is a really nasty Lego set, I have to say. But the most popular Lego set, this is as of 2022, is actually the Hogwarts Great Hall, which is 75954, and I don't think that's a massive surprise, is it? No, it's now retired as well. So it is. That, that's going to shoot up in value. Yeah, definitely. But some Lego sets, I think, are quite boring. To be fair, and when I was researching this, I found a Lego set which is number 4000002, and it is called the Lego Operations Mexico 2011 Moulding Set, which was an insider exclusive and only available to a few hundred people. And if you go and have a look at it, you'll know why, because it is just so dull. There's nothing really about it, and it's just a flat building, flat top on it. I would have to say there's no... I, I think I would probably just put that to one side and not bother with it again. Yeah. yeah. As you said earlier, I do have a thing about Lego Friends sets. Yes, I you think do. I do like the little dolls. I am a bit more girly girl than you when it comes to toys, though, mm-hmm. aren't I? But prior to Lego Friends, which was released in 2012, there was actually a Lego line called Belleville. And this was aimed towards girls. It was launched in 1994. If you go and have a look at that line of Lego sets, they are similar to Lego Friends, but not quite. And to be fair, it is the dolls. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the night they come to life and go murder everybody because they are absolutely horrible looking yeah, that's little dolls. Thing. They don't call them minifigures, do they? In the girls, in the no, they don't. sets, they call them dolls. They do call them dolls. Yes, they oh. are miniature dolls. But now we'll move on to the Lego sets that we have seen, we like, we would like to see made, and all of that kind of thing. And the ones that we might have had during childhood. Exactly, which we will start with, actually. Mm -hmm. So Lego sets during childhood, I must admit, I had quite a few. I had none. Yes, okay, so it's very easy to talk about from your point of view. Yeah, I cannot Lego. (laughs) No, but the Lego sets I had because I was born in the 80s. So the Lego sets back then were quite basic. Now you would think they would be collector's items. They're not particularly, they're not really worth an awful lot. They are pretty simple, straightforward. However, as we previously mentioned, the manuals aren't. I think that, you know, back then you needed a degree in engineering to be able to put together a Lego set. Yeah. So I had lots of the classic town Lego sets. I had little kind of motorbikes and little farm vehicles, all that sort of stuff. Don't really recall having many actual big Lego sets from that time period. I had the smaller sets. Mm. And I think, you know, sometimes I was given a little set as a kind of present from a relative or, you know, Back then, maybe a reward for doing something really good at school, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, all that cute stuff. See, I might not have had any, but I do have children. Well, I say children, they've grown up mostly now. Um, My son used to have all the original Harry Potter Legos, the original Hogwarts Castle, Quidditch one, the train, 
all of that kind of stuff really and it was really awesome because when he grew up a bit he had this massive plastic tub and obviously it was all loose in there so I said to him I'll give you 20 quid for it and he took the 20 quid quite happily so then I sorted it all back out into sets and made a massive profit which he wasn't (laughs) happy about but I did put the work in yes and and I think maybe if he'd have put the work in himself he would have seen the reward but exactly yeah but he couldn't be asked could he no like most teenagers The question is, do we still have any from other ones we had in childhood? Obviously, for you, that would be impossible because you didn't have any. But for me, I don't have any of those anymore. Like you say, like you found with your son, you put them together, you take them apart, they end up all mixed together, Mm. and then perhaps they just go to another relative or the charity shop or whatever might happen to them, and they'll just get lost. They disappear into the ether. Or get put into the loft, which yeah. we found out recently, haven't we, that some people do. They do, yeah. Because I'm, I said in a previous episode, we managed to get um, a pretty much mint condition vintage Lego set that someone had just put in the loft. It was a town square. Town one, square. 1589. And this is a very important question as well. <laughs> we have actually done so much research on whether set number 1589 was originally in polybags. Now, our research led us to believe that in the late 70s, sets started to be put in polybags because it made the production process in the factory a lot easier. However, this 1978 set, which was a Weetabix promotional release in the UK does not have polybags in it. No. But we wondered if any of you know whether that was actually the case that it came in polybags. We've contacted Lego themselves and they said basically we'd need a time machine to answer that question because they have absolutely no idea. Yep. And unfortunately... Back then, there was a place in Wrexham that actually produced these sets and I suppose now Lego have lost that information because they took over that side of the operation themselves. Yeah, I think to be fair, they just don't know. (laughs) So if you could fill in that particular blank, that would be wonderful. Yeah, if you had that as a child and remember tearing open the bags or opening the box and it all fell out, just let us know that. Yes, please. Yeah, so you can contact us on Twitter. We're available on Patreon as well. We're on Instagram. So all those details will be at the end of the episode anyway. So uh, the favourite toy of this type that we had during childhood, well, at the end of the day, I can't remember any of them specifically and you didn't have any. So we shall move on straight to talking about some of the toys of this type that we had within the business that we run, which, of course, is retrograde toys and collectibles, as we've said. So we're just going to talk about why they stand out and uh, have we found any we haven't heard of before, really? Yeah, I mean, I really like the Minecraft sets. I absolutely hate the game Minecraft because I think it's boring. But I I actually like the little sets. I do too, actually. Because they do things, don't they? And you can fire projectiles and stuff. And yeah. I, I just think they're really cool. Yeah. I mean, Minecraft as a concept for a game, there doesn't seem to be much point to it. I have to say that might be slightly controversial to gamers. But there doesn't seem to be much point. But actually, as a Lego set, it really does work. That whole concept does work. Yeah. And the music in the game, I don't know about you, but you know that scene in Beetlejuice when he's kind of waiting in the waiting room and it's kind of all like depressing and he's got his little ticket? Yeah. That's the music I imagine playing there. Like Muzak. Yeah. Muzak? Yeah, the kind of music you get playing in lifts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, you know, is absolutely boring. Yeah. But yeah, luckily the sets are really good. 
I've, um, as we've mentioned, uh, we've had quite a few um, Lego friend sets, actually. I really like them, and I think they stand out for me because they have a very girly theme. They are um, so pink. They are, They a lot of them are bright pink. I do like the rock star ones, and I think for me the ones that stood out of that type were the rock star stage and the rock star dressing room. And there's all the small accessories that go with them. I also like the ones that are quite horse-themed. They also have a lot of accessories with those and I just really think you can do a lot with them and I think if you had girls of uh, sort of very young age or woman child like myself then <laughs> then I think all those little accessories and all that kind of thing make them really exciting. Can you kids. imagine if they made a My Little Pony Lego you would piss your pants? I would. I absolutely love My Little Pony and I know it's not Lego, but I did recently acquire the Stranger Things tie-in with My Little Pony. That is really cool. And it is an, it's an Applejack, and it is just so pretty. I love My Little Pony and Stranger Things, so for me it was like finding gold. It really <laughs> was. But the other sets that have stood out for us that we've had within the time that we've been running our business... What other sets do you think for you oh, have stood well, out? Ch- is it Chimmer? Is that even how you say it? That stood out, but only because I think it is utter shit. <laughs> Why do you think it's shit? It's just over the little minifigures are overly complicated with all these things attached to them and shields and, you know, shoulder yeah. pads and stuff. And they're absolutely worthless. I mean, yeah. you'd be better off melting it down and building something else, to be honest. <laughs> and they're, they're just a bit naff. They're all, they're all different animals and things, and it could have been really cool, but I just yeah. think it's crap. But hold that thought. It's now time for a subliminal message. Yeah, there are some Lego lines that we discover and you just think, why was that even made? Like, for example, Lego Elves. Yeah, what is that all about? Yeah, for me, it was kind of a case of, I think it was a spin-off of the Friends-type Lego. They were also small dolls that were in the set. But I just don't really think there's much point to them. And, and and I do think a lot of the Lego lines that they produce just fall flat. Yeah. They really do. But there are some lines where you think, oh, they look shit, and they actually really take off, don't they? So have we found any that we've actually never heard of before, ever? Well, I've never heard of Chimmer before. No, no, I mean... Um, I there's... never want to hear of it again. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me it is stuff like elves. There's also... Hidden Side. Hidden Inside, is it called? Okay. I've I've never heard of that before. No. And Ultra Agents I've never heard of. Yeah. Isn't that that Marvel? No, 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 no. That's just a standalone Lego concept. Yeah. But they do the Marvel ones as well, which are really good. Yeah, I mean, I think when I saw an Ultra Agents set, it did have a very Marvel-type kind of vibe about it and... A lot of these kind of lines, I do think they are very much rooted in the more popular lines that are already out there, and Mm -hmm. they just try their luck with them, really, and see whether they take off, and a lot of the time they don't, because they are so strongly linked to lines that are already out there that are already popular. Yeah. So what they need to do, I think, is come up with massively original concepts. 
Well, I think what they normally do is just buy the rights to kind of popular TV and movie stuff, like pretty much like Funko do, because there's been the Simpsons ones, and they've yeah. been really, really awesome. And Home Alone, of course, Home which Alone. was out for uh, Last Christmas Friends. Which I as have. Well. Yeah. Not, not, not Lego Friends, actual Friends, a TV series. Yeah. The Central Perk and the Apartments. Yes, they're definitely your favourite. Absolutely favorites. brilliant. Yeah, and of course the Spice Girls Lego. Oh set, yeah, which you were absolutely desperate to get a hold of, and now we kind of have an overabundance of them. We did manage at the same time though that we bought those to get a Jane Goodall yes. um, free gift. I really like that. Yeah, and it is really cute. It's it's all the gorillas, isn't it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a very nice set actually. And I think sometimes these ones that they released and they just give away as free gifts, not only do they become perhaps sought after in the future, but also they are very original mm. and very nice looking sets. And it's a pity they don't actually market them more, yeah. to be fair, rather than just giving away as a free gift. So what was the most interesting Lego sets to research? Well, you're more the Lego sets and I'm more the minifigures. Yes, um, I've had a couple of really interesting minifigures because they're really rare and they've been worth quite a lot. Um, I think the one that sticks in my mind, whose name I've completely forgotten. <laughs> What's his name? It sticks in your mind, it but you've forgotten in my his mind, name. I can see yeah. him in my head. Okay, what does he look like? Let's play a guessing oh, game. Quicksilver. And that's the only Lego minifigure of Quicksilver and he's a Marvel character and he's just got a blue uniform kind of thing on just blonde hair it doesn't look like anything special but he's worth about 50 pounds yeah. this tiny little figure and obviously Deadpool, Deadpool as well is worth quite a lot but I think yeah. there's only one or two made of him and I think one of them was a Comic-Con exclusive and the other one was in a set yeah. but he's quite sought after as well um, yeah. how about you what sets have you enjoyed researching? well I don't particularly think that actually researching them and finding out what they are is um, the massively interesting side of it because usually you can just take one look at them and know what they are already yeah. and then all you have to do is follow the manual normally and the box if they have one but for me it's actually researching the parts that you get with them sitting down with that set that you don't know whether it's complete or not, going on the internet or finding the inventory in the back of the manual and just going through, making sure all these pieces are there. I do actually find that. That's really sad though, isn't it? But a little I, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But I do find that really in- interesting and I it is quite... You do get a sense of satisfaction at the end when you put it all together and it is complete. Do you not ever feel like throwing it through the window? Like if you get to the last few pieces and there's one missing? Yeah, of course they Is do. it not like putting together a jigsaw and then noticing the last piece is missing? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, and it can be quite depressing. I mean, I do have quite a large store of uh, Lego, the loose bricks and parts and things. Mm-hmm. So if I do get to the end of a set and I think, okay, it's got two pieces missing, I can actually just root through that. But that is a bit soul-destroying because you are rooting through several kilos of Lego sometimes and it is a needle in a haystack job. But when you do find those bits, it's like, yay, look what I've done. I've achieved so much in my life. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then when they're actually constructed and, and you've got the full set of Lego, it is really kind of a nice feeling then. 
And yeah, until um, you found out that I've stolen all the minifigures out. Oh yeah, definitely. And I think that is frustrating when you do put together the set itself, but somebody has stolen the minifigures out of it. Yeah. And I think when we first started the business, you were in a habit of buying Lego sets that were not boxed, not bagged, and then nicking the minifigures and then just handing me the detritus and saying, there you go, here's a Lego set. But for me, a Lego set is not a Lego set without all the minifigures in it. And it kind of, I get to the end of it and I think, well, what's the point? There's no bloody minifigures. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Countess. <laughs> and, and there ends the lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so have we sold any Lego sets that have been incomplete? We have, obviously, like I say, sold ones without the minifigures. And mm. I think the hardest one that we had to shift was a 501st Legion Stormtrooper oh, yeah. set, which was Star Wars. And it was extremely difficult to sell without minifigures. And I think sometimes that is the peril of having a set without minifigures. Yeah, because people like the figures to get in the set, don't they? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it it completes the set for them. So realistically, when someone just buys all the bits and pieces that actually make up the building or the vehicle or whatever might come with the minifigures, I think sometimes, you know, it is very difficult to actually sell that just on its own. But people do buy them, but you you can't sell them for very much when they're in that condition. No. You really can't. So we move on to um, Lego sets that we've had come in, or Lego in general, Lego parts and and stuff like that, that have been in absolutely awful condition. Yes. Now, we have referred to this already in a previous podcast. The Box of Doom! The Box of Doom. It contained hell. That, I think, was the worst one I've ever seen. In this box of Lego, if you haven't listened to the podcast where we mentioned it before, the box of Lego was... uh, I mean, the box itself was absolutely disgusting. It had all chewing gum stuck to it for a start. And when we started sifting through it, we realised that the woman who had advertised it actually had posed some quite decent minifigures on the top of it, taken the photos, obviously, in a not particularly well-lit room, and it looked absolutely fantastic. But, of course, picking that tub up, bringing it home, it was apparent it was fucking horrible. It was disgusting. Yeah. It was nibbled, it was burnt, it was snapped. Yep. And there was a lot of rubbish in it. There was even earbuds, used ones, I hasten to add. Yep. And when I started sifting through it properly, because my job is to sift through bundles of Lego that we get in and just pick out the stuff that isn't Lego. So all your Mega Blocks and your M38, that all comes out and it gets put to one side. But it was pretty apparent there was more stuff than just fake Lego. And I did find things like nails. I Fingernails? Think, no, actual nails. Ah. Oh. And I think it was when I found a shard of glass in it i actually was like okay this is it i give up because what, you give up on life no not on the life. shard of glass no no not quite i gave up on looking through the actual lego mm. because it became it went from being disgusting to dangerous yes that in is one true. fell swoop so that then was just i think binned because it the pieces were absolutely disgusting it had all sorts of shit stuck to it yeah we would never send out lego in that state no ever. we wouldn't and what we generally do is if we get in bundles of Lego like that and it's pretty apparent that we can't isolate sets that might be in it, what we normally do, uh, what I normally do, I should say, is I just basically separate non-Lego from Lego. I then separate it further into colours and then we sell coloured kilo bags. So yeah. that's what we do with all that stuff. But while we have it in our possession, 
before selling it we do use it as a backup when we get sets in and we can't find the pieces that we need in the set so we just take it from the bags yeah if it's in there but never the damaged stuff never the damaged stuff what happens if it's damaged or it is exceptionally dirty as it does end up in the bin so sorry to lego lovers out there but it does end up in the bin and there's a lot of faded pieces we get as well because over time especially i find the gray pieces of lego yeah it does have a tendency to go very yellowish colour same with the white pieces mm-hmm. really and apparently hydrogen peroxide can actually bring it back to its original colour but we haven't tried that yet that for us is untested and you yourself might have done that you might have tested that theory and it works it'd be interesting to know how you did it and how you went about it and, and whether it wor- did work really and brought it back to its original colour yeah, because a lot of it it's so yellow it looks like it's been in a room for 20 years with Doc Cotton smoking away like a chimney <laughs> for those of you from other countries who don't know who Doc Cotton is I think the actress has now passed away but she was a character in EastEnders which is a Cockney programme soap opera yeah it's a, it's a soap opera and it's been going for decades since the early 80s I believe and she and, was famous for smoking like a chimney yeah she's made like a chimney she had such a husky voice I think you could barely understand her and she had a son called Nasty Nick so yeah that's Doc Cotton a strange name to give your son Nasty (laughs) Nick (laughs) yeah but the Lego itself yeah the pieces sometimes are absolutely horrible and we do have to bin them and that's the end of that story really so yes (laughs) yes So the stuff that is uh, Lego set based, we would like to see made. So what kind of things would you like to see made? Well, the one I wanted was the friend's apartment, which I've now got. Um, I'd like a Dollywood Lego set because I'm a big fan of Dolly Parton. What would your Dollywood set look like just out of interest? Because Dollywood, it's a a theme park, isn't it, that Dolly Parton made. And it'd have all the little rides and the little stalls and stuff. And obviously it'd have the Dolly Parton figure. Yeah. Central, obviously, loads of complete with large and... Lego breasts, yeah. presumably. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think for me it would be more music themed. So I suppose some of my favourite bands, maybe um, mock ups of gigs, famous gigs that they, they did. For example, for Nirvana, I would quite like to see a Reading Festival Lego set. And I think that'd be a really nice set to have. You might think it's tacky if you're a friend, if you're a fan of grunge, but yeah, that's definitely one I'd like to see made. Possibly even scenes from films, actually, as well. That would be amazing. Yeah, so maybe a scene from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, the, yeah. Da- the dancing scene in the diary. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. I think maybe scene from Natural Born Killers. So that could be. There's a lot of scenes in that that are very good. Uh, the one in the diner with yeah. Mickey wearing his all-white outfit, his gun holster, would be a really good figure to own. Perhaps even scenes from... Titanic? Yeah, there's the scenes from Titanic as <laughs> well. They already have the boat, they just need the Jack and Rose. <laughs> yeah, they could stand at the front of the boat and he could have his little Lego arms outstretched. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps even a scene from Reservoir Dogs as well. With a detachable ear. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation as well, so that could be released as a Christmas Lego set, I think, with uh, 
a car with a tree on it, maybe a little squirrel as well, which uh, obviously in the film bursts out of the tree all of a sudden and they get absolutely freaked out. You could have all sorts of scenes with Clark getting into all kinds of scrapes, really. And talking of inappropriate Lego sets, maybe carry on camping. <laughs> if anyone is old enough to remember the Carry On films, which are really not politically correct, but not in this day and age, no, no, but still very funny, I'm afraid. Can you imagine the camping scene where they're doing the exercise, you know, and fling and in, and Barbara Windsor's at the front, all made of Lego, with yeah, the tents and the little Sid Boggle in the background, and you could have a little Kenneth Williams <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, take them away, yeah, and a Hattie Jakes as oh, well would yeah. be great, and yeah, so there's quite a few Lego sets really, and I think. If you have any Lego sets that you would like to see made that probably would never get made, then let us know what they are. And we will mention them in a a future episode because I think that would be quite funny. So the silliest... Or send us pictures of ones that you have made and we put them on our social media. Yeah, the sillier, maybe the more risque, the better, really, I think, in that regard. But we're going to end the episode with a question. We always have a question at the end. And this particular one we have had come in on social media, which is what topics will you be talking about in future episodes of your podcast? Well, whatever we feel like usually. Yeah, yeah. Whatever whatever springs to mind a couple of days before actually publishing it normally. You would love to do one of My Little Pony, but that would be about six hours long. Well, I am planning to do an episode on My Little Pony. I have to say, I recently have done a lot of research into them, and they're so complicated. They're girls' toys, for Christ's sake. Are they misunderstood? They are very misunderstood. They're just a simple little vinyl pony with a little mane and tail. But they're so complicated, all these G1s, G2s, and the differences between them, depending on which country they were released in, it is all really complicated stuff. But I will try and pick it apart and explain it in as simple terms as I possibly can. And I will try not to fall asleep. Yes. But we will be covering stuff like... Mighty Max. Mighty Max and... Polly Pockets. Yeah, definitely. I think we're going to... We're planning on actually having an episode where we pitch the two against each other and yeah. see see who comes out as general winner of that one. So Let's like, get ready to rumble! Yeah, that will be... <laughs> <laughs> that will be a very interesting episode where Mighty Max and Polly Pocket have a fight to the death. Yeah. So if you want to hear them fighting... <laughs> if you think about Celebrity Death Match, but with toys. Yeah, and, and Polly Pocket perhaps getting her little claws out. And, oh, yeah, but, yeah. She's, but she's a white vicious bitch. Oh, I should think she probably is. And we'll also be covering stuff like Star Wars toys, which... Um, yeah, which I'm currently learning about. Yeah, G.I. Joes. I love G.I. Joes. As well. Yeah. We could even... Crotch damage! <laughs> we could even possibly have episodes which are focused more on specific toys. So, for example, the uh, Bret Hart, <gasps> uh, the various wrestlers that were made of Bret Hart. With yes, his, definitely. Especially the Purple Heart version, which Ooh, you've had one yes, of those. the Mail Away. Yeah, and you absolutely loved it. So there's all kinds of episodes coming up. Yeah, but if you have any suggestions or anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, then let us know on social media and we'll do our best. We will do our best. We'll do our best if we've never heard of them before to actually research the fuckers and yes. <laughs> see what they're all about. Yeah, so... I mean, if it's things like Wuzzles and oh, Rainbow Brides and My Little Ponies, yeah. then that's for you. Yeah. But anything cool, then that's mine. Yeah, I mean, we've got all kind of areas covered of the toy industry because you love boys' toys and I love girls' toys. Well, you can't so. say that anymore. No. No, I know, I know. All um, toys are gender neutral. Yes. 
So we will end the episode there, I think, on that absolute bombshell. Yes. We're just going to say goodbye, really, for this episode. See you in the next one. We'll probably won't see you, but, you know, you'll hear us in the next episode. I've been Jiffa. And I've been Countess Retro. And see you next time. Yeah, see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you have a question or a suggestion for a topic, we're at Instagram, which is Retrograde Tools and Collectibles, Twitter, which is Retrograde underscore TC. There's also our eBay shop, Retrograde Toys and Collectibles. So from me and Jiffer, it is goodbye until the next episode.